not. You're no. not on yeah, your. Looks like I'm can no. you get back, please? You on your. Welcome everybody podcast. to the Brotherly Love Podcast. Oh, Speaking of that, sorry, we're arguing here because we're in each other's shots. Yeah, I don't. And like let me it. tell you something. We're brothers, but nobody gets in my shot. Nobody upstages <laughs> me. Let me tell you that. You're getting my shot. I don't care if you're my brother or not. You're going down. Um, yeah. Welcome to the Pod to Pod. Pod to Pod. We yeah. are back. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You know, you know, guys. We were we were we were driving in here this morning, and I was feeling a little aggressive. I was feeling a little aggressive. You were toward you guys. Well, Matt, in all transparency, Matt's was, the most aggressive in the Matt, world. I had quite a morning. Guys. Yeah, Matt exploded, but more than that, I'm sorry. He then took his rage out not on anybody, but on the vehicle that he was driving us in. And That's Andy true. and I both got car sick. I get very car we sick. We threw up. When Matt it was drives. a horrible ride. We were late. Matt the was whole driving. Thing, it was a disaster. It was, Matt was, you know, like, what was it? Wild Toads. I don't toads. think anybody wants to hear this. It was, no, it was like Indiana Jones ride from, from Disneyland. Anybody ever been on the Indiana That's Jones what I was ride? Like Disney today. World, Disneyland. That's what Matt's truck feels like, yeah. you know, in morning traffic. It was yeah. horrible. We both got I jumped sick. a couple curbs, too. Everyone was feeling a little aggressive. The best is when, when Matt, like, doesn't like somebody, he pulls up next to him and looks at them. Yeah, like, like this. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't. Wait, like, you absolutely I'm not that And I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's got these glasses <laughs> on that yeah, you can't I see. I know, I know. And his, yeah, he so pushes his He just did it. He just did it because this is exactly what he does. This is kind of yeah, what yeah, I'll yeah. do. That's all I'll do. I'll look over and he pushes his glasses up the bridge of his nose. Like, that's like a real intimidating, intellectual. Judging. You want to make sure they can see my pupils. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's they're dilated, buddy. Right. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Speaking, wait, speaking of aggressive. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Right. And and being aggressive. Yeah. How about just being a dude, a man, being a badass, a real man. If, well, if you guys, were, what if you were to pull up next to this guy, and I gave yeah. him one of these, <laughs> and then he gets out of the car, yeah, and then you look up, hmm. yeah, and then it's this, and then it's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you? A real badass. <laughs> big fan. Big, big, big fan. fan. Well, I guess without further ado, well, everybody. This, yes. Uh, 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 a, uh, a good friend of ours. Yes. I'm a huge fan. Yep. Adam Edge Copeland, the rated R superstar. Here we go. What? Is on in the, the podcast Adam! In today. the house with us. What's oh, up, my dude? gosh. This guy. That, that was an ovation, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That, that, That's that the way like we do it here. Philly that was a Philly ovation. Always, right there. There you go. Well, always. Philly is always in the house. Speaking of which, you don't look like you're in Philly. Where are you right now? You look like you're in, honestly, like like in the movie Cliffhanger Two, <laughs> like you know the cabin, <laughs> the Schwarzenegger that uh, Stallone climbs in the mountains and he gets in there and he's like, "We're going to be Wait, safe. John Lithgow won't find me in here." Two. They're making a sequel. They're <gasps> making a sequel to Cliffhanger. Quite possibly the greatest action movie yeah. of and, all okay. time. Well, first of all, I didn't. Who knows? They're making a. You so, just dropped that on us, and I, I mean, I know that everybody knows huge. that. They how, just. How do, you, how do you drop Cliffhanger two on me? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. They green litted, I guess, or green lit, green lit. It's been a morning. I've been up green lots of Yes, they've been greenlighting lots of things. But yes, to go Cliffhanger 2 is a go. Stallone is coming back. So is John Lithgow. No, I'm just kidding. He might. Uh, that, that would be, be amazing. amazing. Hey. Anyway, that cabin reminds me of it uh, from what I can see. Are you in a cabin or am I just hypothesizing? So, so you can hypothesize easy for me to say. So I live in the mountains of North Carolina. Oh, so wow. So you are I, in the mountains. I live on... I live on top of a mountain, and <laughs> so I sick. have basically turned this house into 
uh, like a Rocky Four training montage. Yes, yes dude. Hearts so, on fire. So I mean, if, these if you don't immediately dude, sing that when I say that, I'm disappointed. Dude, <laughs> dude, that montage, okay? Ooh. When Dragal's ah. getting all the injections and running on the thing, and, ah. and Rocky's coming up with the wood. The log, oh, yeah. Oh, my the God. Wood, the dude, sit-ups. dude. Oh, oh yeah, over man. that, like off of, in the barn, like yes. off of that, like ledge. Yes. She was doing the. Yes. So cool, dude. That, that movie was so that. badass. And you know what? We were just talking about this the other day that, like, you know, despite all the technological advances that, that they had, you know, um, and that they utilized today, like in Creed 3 and stuff, the fight sequences in Rocky 4, I don't know how they shot them. So good, dude. But they yeah. literally were so much better than Creed 3. So much better. They're. There's a documentary, and Sly talks about it. Really? It, it, he, it was during the pandemic. He goes into his studio because he's recutting Rocky Ford. That's right. Here's Now, now I'm going to go on a Stallone kick. Go ahead. Randomly, I guess not randomly. So I believe that Rocky Balboa is the greatest character in movie history, cinema history. I love it, dude. I, 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 I truly believe that. I do. Um, and then I was just reading um, – uh, this uh, cinema speculation by Quentin Tarantino, right? Okay. So he talks about his love of Paradise Alley. And if you haven't seen Paradise Alley, it's amazing. Yeah. Terry Funk, who is uh, a pro wrestler, who is NWA World Heavyweight Champion, he plays the wrestler that Sly's brother in it, you know, faces. Paradise Alley is... So here's the story. Okay. Stallone writes Paradise Alley after Lords of the Flatbush, right? So he knows Henry Winkler. That's his buddy. Hmm. He writes Paradise Alley. He goes out to L.A. He's with his wife and Buckkiss, which is the dog from Rocky One. Car breaks down. He knows nobody in L.A. but Henry Winkler. He calls Henry <laughs> Winkler. Winkler picks him up. The Rock, uh, Stallone gives him the script. He goes, I love it. Let's make it. I'll take it to ABC. We'll make it an ABC TV movie. Stallone's like, sure. Great. This is awesome. The studio wants a rewrite. Stallone says, no, let's blow up the deal because this is my baby, right? He puts Paradise Alley on the shelf and then writes Rocky. Wow. Oh I didn't know that, man. And then after Rocky, he's got the clout now. His directorial debut is Paradise Alley. No way, yeah. dude. And Paradise Alley is awesome. It is wow. awesome. I didn't it know is, this. It, it, it's so good. It's, I didn't know uh, it's that, basically dude. Rocky, but with wrestling. Wow. You know, we're, we're such big Rocky yeah. fans because not only are we from Philly, so yeah. that is like our life, but uh, we lived, in, when we moved out to California, we lived on Balboa Boulevard, which yes. is the street that inspired yeah. him yeah. to write. He was he was like, I've, I've heard a story of him saying he was driving down Ventura Boulevard and he saw Balboa and he was like, there we go. To me, Sylvester Stallone is the the greatest example of betting on yourself. Dude, oh, dude. 100%. Absolutely. Dude. Well, even, even with Rocky, right? The stories are that they everybody wanted the script. Same thing. They wanted, what, Burt Reynolds and all these big, huge movie stars at the time. And he said, no. Yep. I will, I'm Rocky. I'm the guy. I, I, we'll, I'll take less money. We'll do it for less money. I'm banking on myself. I know what this guy is. I don't want a movie star to play him. You know what I mean? Incredible. He's, he's the underdog. If, if it's not Stallone, you don't get behind Rocky the no, way no. you do. Like, I remember seeing Rocky and people cheering yeah. in the theater. Like, and Incredible. you read all of these accounts of that, like that movie and Rocky too. Like, I love Rocky three. I love Rocky four, but Rocky one and two. Oh, my gosh. oh, oh dude. The, no, dude, movies. it was 
They yeah, were incredible. Dude. They were just so good. in so good. Incredible. So good. Yeah. Really? I was obsessed with the cars in Rocky Four. I love that he had, you know, well, the pop was, culture really. Oh, the pop what, culture in Rocky so, Four was so sick. It was dripping. You know? It was dope. But, oh, with the quaffed hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, and the beach and, running, the running beach montage. Oh, yeah. And, oh, oh super the, Rocky oh, Three. And the beach montage is great yeah. because you can just tell Carl, Carl Weathers, who's a friggin' stallion, right? Yeah. He's like just beautiful strides, yes. and then there's Stallone just chugging, having a stroke, dude, right? The underdog to, always. I mean, dude, so Eye of the Tiger was Rocky Three. Eye of the Tiger, it's yeah. the little fight and, rising up to the talent of a rival. So amazing, good. Survivor. It's the band Survivor, yeah. and also the greatest wrestling uh, cameo: Thunderlips, the Ultimate Male. Yes. Versus the ultimate meatball. Yes. <laughs> and then my, yes. favorite part, awesome. my favorite part is Stallone. Rocky goes, hey, I'm, he's pretty big. How much do you think he eats? And then Mickey goes about 202 and a half pounds. Weighing in at 202 and a half pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, good, dude. so good, dude. So good. So good. Awesome. Let me so ask you something. Did, did the Rocky movies or Rocky, because, you know, what was that part of your inspiration? Is that what, because, like, what led you yeah, it's to. Yeah, good question, Joe. Because obviously you're a specimen of a human being, right? So when somebody, <laughs> I mean, no, but when somebody has, I always said, like, if I was born, like, you know, 6'5", like 250 solid muscle, I would definitely be doing something with that. I would not go accounting. That's for me. <laughs> yeah. I want to do yeah. number. I'm a numbers guy. You know, I would definitely be like, I'm going to do something with this incredible physique. Yeah. You know? And I was wondering, like, I mean, like growing up and stuff and watching Rocky doing these things, obviously growing into the into the specimen that you are. And of course, it takes a lot of hard work, too, but gifted with the height and the and the and the genetics, and the, sure. and the, and the genetics is that sort of what you're like i gotta do something like that or no was it something completely random and different that sort of led you that way so if i look back at my childhood like i, I was a weird kid right i mean i i don't we think i fall into the yeah it, we have to be yeah there, there's no other way around it yeah. we were all weird kids yeah so it was ace freely it was sylvester stallone mm. my mom uh, my uncle Gary and uncle Gary uncle always Gary. does it every time <laughs> uncle Gary, man. So that was, those were my touchstones, right? Yeah. So as I, as I grew older, um, I realized that, you know, guitar playing was probably not going to be my thing. So mm -hmm. Ace Freely's out, but right. I still love Ace Freely. Uh, right. <laughs> there was something about Stallone and I also related to my uncle Gary kind of looked like Stallone. Mm, so they really? were kind of one and the same to me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I think that's why I've always had such a soft spot for Stallone and then learning more about his story over the years. It's just really made me respect like the, just the, the determination and grit that that dude had. Thank right. You. So I had decided I wanted to be a wrestler the, the first time I saw it. Um, it kind of came along after Stallone and after Kiss, and I saw it the first time, and I went, "I don't, I don't know what this is, but I can't stop watching it." Like there, there's, I am just locked onto this thing, and I think looking back, it was comic books come to life, right? And I love comic right, books, of course. But Very I can't cool. go down. I can't shake hands with Spider Man or the Incredible Hulk or Thor, but I can go down Maple Leaf Gardens. And maybe, just maybe, if I'm really creepy and find out where the wrestlers come into the arena, I can have a chat. Mm -hmm. And now I can pick the brains. And now I'm putting demolitions luggage in their trunk for them and going, so if I did this and did this and did this, and then I'm going to like, 
the Deanie Petty show, which is like kind of like the Oprah of Canada or was, and Brett the Hitman Hart was going to be on it. Yes. He was champion. I was training to be a wrestler by this point. I went and I sat in the studio audience and I'm like, I'm asking wow. a question because they do a Q&A. So I go down there. Sure enough, I just say, what do I do? And Brett goes, uh, you know, I'm pretty far removed from it. And he had his father who owned a promotion. So he didn't really know what to tell me. He finds me in the hallway after, says, I'm sorry I didn't have anything better to tell you, but here's my number. What? He's, at that point, the best wrestler in the world. No wow. way, dude. Wow. It's, and sure enough, a year later, I'm out at his house. He's got an indoor pool out in Calgary. He's got a ring set up beside the pool, and I'm out in the ring with him. And that opens the door to WWE. But a lot of it is really just, again, like Stallone, believing in myself, betting on myself, and then putting myself in the position to have someone crack a door, but then I got to kick it off the hinges. Yep, yep. Now, going back to what you said, I didn't know I was going to end up being 6'5", 240. I didn't know that. <laughs> but I already decided. I literally get I mean, I knew he was big, but I, I did, that's pretty much exactly what I just said. It's crazy. Six five two. You gave me ten pounds. Wow, I'm 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 five nine one forty. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm, I'm I'm more than one forty. All right. All right. I'm like one sixty. One sixty five. But I'm fast it's as hell. All, uh, all right. Try to catch me. I'm like a water just bug. Try to catch me. I'm like a water bug. I just bounce around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all about that BMI, body mass index. You're good. <laughs> right. Right. That's what it is. Six five two four. Wow. Man, I always wanted to be six five. I wanted to see. I wanted to play in the NBA. I was a big, big NBA guy growing up. That I like. Spent four years trying to dunk. I spent years. I mean, I'm saying like four or five hours a day dedicated to three point so shots. Much so and, that uh, he still has a limp from I trying still, to. Yeah. It's true. Trying to dunk. Yep. Yeah. We tell the story all the time. He was able to dunk. I, I was able to dunk for about a year, but a he year. can't. He can't walk anymore. Really? He was able to dunk. <laughs> Yeah. One, one day he landed and his knees went into his hips. And it was just, he That's lost. why I'm five seven. <laughs> yes, exactly. 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 Right. But you got the dunk, man. You got the dunk. Yeah. You know, so I, I said I was going to be a wrestler, knew I wanted to be a wrestler, and then thankfully genetics also helped me out in that regard. Um, because I mean, it's changed now. But when I first got into wrestling, you had to be, you had to be big. To, to a certain level, right. of course, you know, in order to even like get anyone to look at you. Now, now it's much more about athleticism. What can you do on a microphone? Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of all of those elements. Now, there's it feels like there's a lot more plates to keep in the air as as opposed to before, where you could just be a dinosaur and kind of, you know, for sure, do your thing and club people and chuck them around and be a character. Now it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Mm. Um, but I just fell in love with it. And I'm still in love with it. I still think it's, I mean, I love acting, but there's just something about the instant gratification I get from an audience. Yeah, man. I instantly know whether something worked. Yep. Instantly. So I relate it to, it's almost like a stand-up. It's almost like live theater. Totally. But yep. it's in the round and it's live to the world. You know, it's, you know, it's funny you it, say that because, you know, um, you know, I, I've done, we've all done a lot of half hour comedy, yeah, right? Multi-camera multi comedy, right? And 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 back in its heyday, um, you know, we, we, you you always had a live audience. Like it wasn't even a question, yeah. you know. And you had to because it was like theater, right? And it also, like you said, was a brilliant way for us to know if our stuff was funny, right? So that yeah. it would it would translate to the rest of America, to the rest of the world, right? Because if that if those five hundred people in the studio audience were laughing, well, then you had a good shot that the twenty five million people 
the majority of those people would be would be laughing as well, right? You could extrapolate that out, right? And also you grow you, you get you grow as an artist or an entertainer or a wrestler so much faster. And you know when you're you timing and you're continually trying it out. And they're feeding off of you and all these great things, right? So and then in the modern era, they thought, you know what, we can do half hour comedy, we're gonna do away with the audience. And you know, that's worked in a couple of instances, but most of the times these shows suck because they're not in front of a live audience. They think they're funny as hell. Tell they're us like, how you really so feel. We're so funny. Yeah. We're so funny. And you're like, you're not that funny. You know, nobody's well, laughing. Here's the thing. You're making the writer laugh. Right. Exactly. Well, of course he's yeah. going to think it's her here. It's his joke. They yes, wrote it. They wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But for me, there's nothing like watching, I don't know, an episode of Cheers. There and it is. When you hear that audience. That's it. Continue laughing. Yeah. Or there's the one dude in the back corner going, her, her, <laughs> Exactly, her, and dude. you feel... You see Ted Danson kind of do one of those like, ooh, got him. Yep, yep. <laughs> it is, Love you it, can't. I remember growing up and I would watch in reruns, talk about Henry Winkler. I would watch in Happy Days, right? In reruns, right? Because I was a little kid in the 80s, you know, watching yeah. him and stuff. And he would walk on the screen and I used to love to hear the audience just scream for like 20 scream. seconds. He was a rock and it was star. so weird yeah. for me because like, you know, 15 years, 12 years later, 15 years later, I would walk out on the set of Blossom and they would do the same and thing and they would leave it in the show. And it was so cool to like know that that was happening and to know that everybody was going to hear that. Like they weren't yes. going to cut it out. You, Whereas today they use these can laughs. No, you can tell them. And they begin and they end. They go, ha ha ha. Yeah, you can tell the cadence like, of them. It's the, 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 that energy was, no. was so captivating and it translated, it even translated on film. Like when it, when it was replayed yes. on television years later, you could still feel that, feel that electric that energy. energy of that's the live right. audience laughing. Yep. And that's why I love wrestling. Yeah, yeah man. man. That's, that's what made me yep. think about you, it. Because when you said that, no, yes. No matter what, no matter who's in what storyline or who's getting a push is what it's called in our industry, whatever it is, here's how you can tell whether what you do is connecting. Mm. As soon as your music hits, because you got your own music, as soon as your music hits, if they all come up out of their seats, yeah. you got them. You got them. That's it, you dude. Got them. That's yeah, so man. cool, and, dude. And, no, it's, it's, and it's, you know instantly. Yeah, you do. You do. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the, uh, Brothers and I, you know, are are working on a new, you know, half hour comedy, right? Scripted together that we're working on, and and one of the prerequisites that we've said to everybody that we've sat down with, you know, because there's people that are interested, obviously, because you know, because we know how to do it, and because that art form does really still work. But as long as you do it right, it works. One of the things we said is we're not doing it without a live audience. Like if we're coming back to to comedy multi camera, it's going to be in front of a live audience because that character is essential to the performance. Mm -hmm. Just like what yeah. you're saying. When you guys go out there and you perform, that audience Dude, is a character. I mean, Without them, there's no absolutely. one to hit the ball up against. How, it's not just you and the other person in the ring. Well, how, how crazy was it for you when like the whole pandemic hit and stuff? Because you had to yeah. perform without a crowd for, so I mean, crazy, for the bro. first so time weird, ever, huh? right? So you could hear like a pin drop and, and during your perform. I'm like, what, how that must have been crazy. Dude, it, it was... It was the worst. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It, really, totally. it really was. Now, it, it, sounding completely selfish, there's a worldwide pandemic. There's bigger things. There's bigger fish to fry, right? Right. right. But when you you dive into the minutia of, of these different industries, we never stopped. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So we were live in a warehouse, and uh, it was three sixteen because it was Austin three sixteen show. So. The only thing is, is I got to open the show for the first time with no audience and I got a live microphone and I'm cutting a promo. So we're 10 seconds to air. No audience again, warehouse in our training facility Dude. for, for new yeah. students, right? 
And I'm going, wait, I have to cut a promo. There's no audience. I got to go down the barrel, which you never do in wrestling. Right. You never break that fourth wall. Interesting. But I realized with 10 seconds to air, I got to break it. Right. Sure, because no otherwise, to to. people are going to go, what is happening? He's talking Hello, to no everybody. This guy's, <laughs> going, this guy's lost his yeah. damn mind. He's talking to the air. I got, no, I got nobody to play off of. Yeah. So I went, okay, this is a monologue. Wow. Right. So I went, I said, sweaty. Our camera guy's sweaty. I was like, sweaty, I'm coming down the barrel. He goes, wow. Sweaty. This is 10 seconds before. I'm like, I got you, sweaty. He Also from Philly, by the way. I said, hey, I got you. Sweaty. sweaty. No choice. So I go down the barrel. I get to the back and everybody's like, what was, that was great. I was like, well, I think that's kind of what we need to do because mm. otherwise who we, we got to talk to our opponents that are in the camera and to the people at home. Yep. We got to change it. Wow. Now, when you get to the matches, that sucked. I loved having a microphone and, and talking to the audience. I loved it. Cause I could go straight down the camera and I was I loved it. And acting prepared me for that. Right. But with no audience, everything hurt so much more. Oh, you didn't weird. have the adrenaline to, to like, so I Dude, remember I'm in I the didn't Royal even think Rumble, about right? that. I'm, I'm coming back from a torn tricep. I hadn't been in a ring in seven months. I'm coming back. They want me to go from one and win the Royal Rumble, which means 60 minutes in the ring. Yeah. Right. Ooh. So that means I've been there to take everybody's moves let alone the fact that I was retired for nine years because of my neck. So I just remember taking this choke slam from Kane, who is, he's 6'10", he's 300 pounds. He's now the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Like, you can't write this stuff. 6'10", 300 pounds? He choke slams me, and I just remember hitting and going, ah, oh, that was horrible. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up. This hurts too bad. And then I can hear some of our crew, like, laughing and I, I heard a fart. Oh, like, my God. You're, you're performing and you hear somebody crack a fart and oh they're laughing God. and you're like, dude, it was. Uh, are you kidding was, me, dude? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's hilarious. You ever seen in any given Sunday oh. when um, uh, Dennis Quaid is, is out on the field and they're like, yes, wake yes, up, yes, wake yes, up. Yes, or was yes. it Jamie? Was Jamie Foxx out on the field? Yeah. I think it was either Jamie Foxx or Dennis Quaid was out on the field and they're like, wake up, wake up. And, uh, you hear like a pin drop and you hear a fart in that moment. Like, that's, <laughs> dude, that wow, is. Dude. That's what you hear. It, it I mean, was that's, honestly, shit. that's very deflating Difficult. a bit. It was deflating, but, yeah. but also what it did do is it really, really showed who could perform and who was dependent For on sure. crutches. Right. So in our industry, you call it high spots, right? So a, a, a lot of uh, talent will just depend on flips and, and, mm. and they, they have this coordinated thing, this choreographed routine set out in their mind of what they're going to do with no concept or, or care of what the audience may react to. Now, what I always loved about wrestling is we could wrestle in El Paso last night, but Toronto the next night, entirely different audience. Right. So you can't just go out and do the same thing. If you're really good at what you do, you're ad-libbing. And you're telling the story as you go by listening to what they're reacting to. Mm. So that's why I say there's so many plates to keep in the air. Now, if you're on live TV, you got 10 cameras. You got to know which one's hot because you don't want them seeing you relaying what you want to your opponent or mm -hmm. talking to the referee mm. or any of that stuff. Really so wild. if that camera at ringside's hot and I got somebody on a chin lock and I want to start, you know, having a little chat with them, 
oh, we're hot, can't do it. So I got to fill it another way. So maybe now I drop them down and start dropping some knees. I see that the camera switches. Now I grab them back and here we go. Wow. Interesting, man. I did not know this. And, and if you get your bell rung, you still got to. You still have to be aware enough to be able to do those things. Mm. How? And be exhausted too, because there's nothing that prepares you for getting thrown on your back and getting up and running. Can't do it. Unless you got a treadmill that you can fall on and jump back up and run. There's, there's nothing that prepares you for being inside a wrestling ring. Cause again, no matter what anybody thinks it, it hurts. Yeah, man. Oh, there's no doubt it hurts. Even if you try to fall right. I mean, you're still falling. Your body's still crashing down. Somebody's still on top of you. Even if they know how to kind of fall on top of you, they're still falling on top of you. Bro, bro, what are you thinking when you have like a back full of tacks and you're going head first into a flaming table? That was a lot of stupidity on my part. Um, I mean, (laughs) what the heck, dude? So I, I always say that I, I'm, I'm probably missing a chip. Um, yeah. And cause a few I, tools I, short I, of a set. Well, That's what uh, my grandfather used to say. A few tools short of a set, that one. But anyway, <laughs> well, that, that's probably me. No, no, so I, no, get out of here. I, um, I was, uh, we were heading into WrestleMania 22 and I was wrestling this guy named Mick Foley, who is also missing a chip. And, uh, Perfect. I thought, that edge should be in the main event. I, I thought I'd really put in the work to earn that. And I had a chip on my shoulder. So when they said, how about your wrestle Mick? I was like, great. Cause he's just as nuts. Mm. And we got together and we said to ourselves, okay, we're, we're going to steal this show. And we're in a hardcore match, which means there's no rules. Oh my God. So uh, I had to sign a waiver before. That that if that if anything happened to me, no one was responsible but me. Signed it. Didn't even what? think about it. Are you and, uh, signed it in blood. So we get I was all amped up. <laughs> Cut myself before I signed it. What? No, Adam, I you're mean, insane. I mean, that's <laughs> not far didn't off, even, dude. I was like, "Yep, sign it. I'm I'm coming to steal this show." Wow. So uh, I even shanked myself. Oh my god! Oh, wait, listen, <laughs> let him sorry, finish. Sorry, go, sorry, go, go, go. Sorry. It's, it's, when I look back at it now, especially having two little girls now, I realize how stupid it was. But at that point, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I'm almost at the pinnacle of my industry. And I got there for a little bit and I tasted it and and ratings went up and all these things went up, but then they still went with these story plans that didn't involve me. And that really, really made me angry. I get it. Yeah, if the ratings weren't there, if, if all of that didn't go up, I would have said, okay, failed experiment. Sure, but right. it worked. So Holy that's shit, right. Hence dude, the chip right. on the shoulder. Go into this match. It's a hardcore match. Again, Mick Foley is, is probably missing more chips than me because he's like, ah, oh, we got to use real barbed wire if we're going to use barbed wire. And I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Oh. So we're right. in the match. Now, I've never been hit with a barbed wire baseball bat. Who has? But I realize when he hits me in the stomach how badly that hurts. Oh, so he hits me in the stomach and I'm like, oh God, oh, that, that sucks. And I look down, there's all these little punctures, hits me in the arm, my arm starts bleeding. I'm like, oh, this is, this is pretty legit. Right. Rakes it across my forehead. I still got a scar, you know, but we're, we're in it now and also really feeling it. And so is the audience. So, um, landing thumbtacks and i i land on thumbtacks i'm like ooh, ah, okay and that reaction's all pretty legit dude I, it's insane now 
It's insane. It's legit. I'd be crying. Oh, guys, I I mean, I can't believe they haven't. This is it's so insane to watch. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. The the finish was was my idea. And usually when you see. Yeah. Usually when you see Edge do something really stupid, it's because Adam cooked it up and he has too much time on his hands. So um, the finish of this match, I do this thing called the spear. Right. So I said, hey, Mick, what if I spear you through the ropes into a flaming table? So he's like, yeah, of course. Now, I didn't even factor in the idea that, you know, he wears a flannel, he wears a T-shirt. He's got like three layers of clothing on, Mm. right? As I'm coming at him, this is when it dawns on me. Oh, I don't have a shirt on, and I'm going face first into these flames. With long hair, too. With like lion locks at this point as well, which is very flammable, let me say. Very. And and it's a flame. Like it's lit and, and as I'm running, that's when it dawns on me. I'm like, well, I'm here. We're committed. So I hit him and I just tried to tuck my head into his body as much as I could, burnt my arm, burnt my hair. As I'm rolling over, we go through the table, the the, the fire goes out. As I'm crawling over to cover him for the pin, I see my arm is smoking and it's turning gray. And you know, I'm kind of shaking a little bit and, and I didn't fully realize until I got to the back and they're looking at me and I've seen video of it since where I'm, I'm kind of in shock and you can kind of tell, I don't really know what's going on right now. It's, it's pretty weird to see now, especially again, where I'm at in life now. Of course. Yeah. He's a different dude then. Wow. I mean, we, when we, we did it, we all did a money plane together, which is, right. uh, which was an absolute blast. And you were uh, telling me <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a complete lunatic debauchery. Uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> some people love it. A lot of people hate it. Uh, but uh, I had a wonderful time and you were fucking, well, they, they never don't feel one way or the other. 100%. Apathy, 100%. is the worst thing. 100%. And it, honestly, it was, it was, it was against all odds and that we even, that we even finished that thing and pulled it off with like sure. very minimal funds and, and just completely swinging out of our league. And we, we did well and it, and, and it did well. It did and, well. and a lot of people have even uh, are, are clamoring about sequels and so on and so forth. But I digress. You're going to call it money train. Well, there's lots of money. There's money. Yeah. There's lots of things. Lots <laughs> money of bus. I said, oh, no, I, I there's, yeah, there's a uh, money. Subaru. Money, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Money Fiat. What? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but you were such a badass, and you were telling stories and, and it was so, I mean, you would the intensity. It was so radical, man. Uh, that industry that and up and coming, and like the actual blood, sweat, and tears that you leave in the ring was it was astounding to me. And I remember one day on set, not to blow smoke, but dude, I remember one day on set, we were literally we were given cameras <laughs> and an empty stage, and like it was a movie about a plane, and we were literally building a plane out of cardboard while we were shooting, and we were had we had like turn the cameras and hang curtains because. There was just nothing for us. Anyway, so we had this little tiny cockpit, and we threw you in there with a stunt guy and basically said, have a fight. And you delivered this fight after, like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours of fighting in this cockpit. They wheeled the other stunt guy out, literally wheeled him out. He was bleeding. He was done. Like he was Who am go, I? No, yeah, he was going to go lay in bed for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. And then you sat down, dude, and performed, I think, 15, 16 pages of dialogue. <laughs> like, just God. straight... Dial oh, and like bleeding, bleeding. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was actually everybody, bleeding, everybody, right? It was insane, dude. And I was, I was looking at this. I was like, my God, 
You are so conditioned and so you're such a warrior. Yeah. There isn't a movie that you couldn't conquer in your sleep because what you do on the on the daily is just it what was great astounding, oh man. My gosh. Yeah, I, I was so fucking impressed, and I'm and I'm such a huge fan. Uh, I I can't express it enough how grateful I I am for you and your talents because you really kicked ass. Well, uh, thank you. Um, but but I will say re wrestling. Wrestling is phenomenal training yeah. for finding yourself in situations where it's like, whatever, like this is, this is not high pressure. This is, you know, I got to go out and fill nine minutes with a live microphone and the clock's in my head. Right. Okay. Right. You know, or, or I just got, you know, slammed off of a ladder through two tables and I still got to be aware what's next. Yeah. Right. So uh, a little stunt scene. Okay. Got it. Right. And then dialogue's next. It's phenomenal training, and okay. when I found myself in scenes or or in action sequences where everyone else is complaining, and I'm like, "Dude, you you have what are you talking about? Yep, like, sure. you go back to your trailer, your clothes are hanging there waiting for, you and your meals waiting for you." Yep. Yeah. So when my knees hit this ground, these two fernie pads are going to be on this ground, right? I'm not was, doing one. I was fernie. about to say. I was about to say. I'm I'm going to take the, the 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 Kevin Hart route on this. Have you seen his? Uh, what he likes to be, if he was going to be an NFL quarterback, the way he'd like to be sacked. Have you no, ever seen him do this? No, it's funny. <laughs> have him lay, him, lay me down. I put a pillow underneath my head. Yeah. Now, now, put a blanket over me. Okay, okay. Now, now take it easy on me. <laughs> That's, That's the way I would be. That's funny. That's funny, man. Wow, but it's funny. like when I was in the grind of 220 shows a year, I, if I were on last, I'd get out of the, the building by midnight. There's nothing open with Waffle House. And you're driving three hours from Jackson, Mississippi to, to Dallas. And it's all back roads. So when you go through stuff like that, or I've driven across lakes in northern Manitoba and like you're you're sleeping on gymnastics mats and your meal is macaroni and cheese that you made in the home ec room. Like there's there's nothing that can be oh. thrown at me that is in any way comparable to what I've already been through. Okay. So I got to Vikings and and it was I mean, it was a challenging shoot, but I loved it because you didn't have to act really. It was yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, but you very quickly saw who was cut out for that show and who wasn't. Right. Oh, Separated yeah. the men from the boys quickly. Uh, yeah. 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 And same with wrestling. It's the same. You know, it's the way I look at it is I, I'm very blessed in that I found the thing that I wanted to do and I got to do it. Yep. Right, of and I've, I've been able to do it now for 31 years. Amazing. Dude, that's crazy. I know how, how rare the percentage of people, like, let's say you take 100 people and you say, are you doing exactly what you want to do for a living? I guarantee you 99 are probably going to say no. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we, we feel we, the same. We say it all the, all the time. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, is, this, is my, this is my 42nd year of doing this. You know what I mean? So wow. I start, right? I mean, it's crazy. So when you think about that, you're like, Sure, there's been a lot of ups and downs, and it's been sure. really crazy at times and, and very scary and all those things, but I'm still getting to do what I love most to do, you know? So that's, that's like the, the blessing, blessing, right? Yeah, well, and anything worth doing is going to be scary. It is. Anything, yeah. anything within this, I call it the entertainment tree, right? It's just different branches. It is. Yep. Whether that's you're a musician, whether you're an actor, whether whatever it is, there's always going to be chances to take. There's always going to be scary, like, ooh, I'm out at the end of this branch and I'm reaching for that fruit. Can I nab yep. it? Yep. Or am I going to fall? And then you <laughs> but, do fall and it's, and you got to climb back and, up. And, and it's great. 
And it's great. I know. I keep trying to explain Because look this. at that. I mean, dude, I mean, look at you, dude, you broke your freaking neck, bro. And at, at like, like way too soon and came back. Look at that. I mean, you, it doesn't, How look at that freaking story, so dude. You, you broke your neck. You literally broke, like broke it. So, um, I ended up rupturing my, my C5 to C7 in my neck. Uh, hmm. I was 29 years old. And how did you do that? I, was it in the, was it in the ring? Just, it wasn't like a one time thing, I don't think. But I do remember in San Diego, a match with Eddie Guerrero, and he hit me with a forearm uppercut, and I landed on a ladder, and the rung was right there. Ooh. And I remember hearing a really loud crack. Now, I don't think it broke there, but something went. Finish the match, finish the match. You finished the match? Yeah, dude, I took a powerbomb off a ladder. It's, it's not pretty to watch because my head snaps off now eddie and i are on the flight together the next day he's got 11 stitches for me ramming him into the ladder he looks like quasimodo i look like frankenstein because i'm doing this and we just what what are we doing and we were sitting you know, beside each other on the plane we're just like yeah man but did you hear that crowd because yeah. <laughs> oh we had him but um I, so i wrestled for a few few more months after that and finally it got to the point where my left arm was starting to atrophy and i was in a lot of pain more pain than usual so they went in and they said oh yeah you, you need neck surgery we gotta fuse you so i went in they took a bone from my a graft from my hip and put it into my spine and then they put a titanium plate and six screws mm. so i was out for a year I had to wait for that fusion to take. Then I came back and I wrestled for another decade. Only when I came back, now I was a bad guy. I was kind of like the bad guy in the show. And as a bad guy, your job is to bounce around for these huge good guy monsters. Mm -hmm. So I'm wrestling John Cena. I'm wrestling Dave Batista. I'm wrestling Big Show, Undertaker, Kane. Well, the recurring theme in that is I'm the 240-pound guy that's bouncing like a, a ping pong ball for them, right? But I'm also the heel champion. I'm the bad guy champion. So that's my job. They they got to want to see me get beat. And they do until I don't at the end. So mm. in that time, I had ended up developing spinal stenosis, which is an airing of the spinal cord. It kind of chokes out your spinal cord. And I was in a lot of pain. I was world champion at the time. Did WrestleMania in Atlanta. Um, the, the, the company said, well, why don't you go for an MRI the next day? So I went for an MRI, go up to Charlotte, had a full day in media, had the show that night, drove to a house that I just purchased here, this house, and I get a call two days later, and it's from Vince McMahon, uh, and he said, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but you got to retire. I said, what? what do you mean I got to retire? I mean, I've passed all the strength tests, everything. He goes, it's to the point where you got to retire. So um, I was 37 at that point, and I, I pretty quickly had to figure out what was next. Because I, I'm the kind of guy where I can't have too many down days because then I start wanting to, you know, I got to go. I got to move. I got to, you know, yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. tap the creative vein. And um, it, it just so happens that this show called Haven, the executive producers were watching wrestling because they wanted a wrestler tie-in for their show because SmackDown led into Haven. They saw my retirement speech, which was in no way scripted, which was in no way character. It was Adam Copeland out there with a live mic ending what he always wanted to do for his entire life, right? Right. So they called WWE and said, can we get that guy? Because he just made us cry. Mm. So then a week later, I'm up there and one episode turned into 41. And then wow. 
then it became, okay, this taps the vein. You know, it's not quite the same, but it yeah. still hits that creative vein. Yeah. And um, then in doing like all my own stunt scenes and things over the years, I was like, oh, and I also got a second neck surgery. So there's that too. I got the second neck surgery. They go in through the front again. They took the pressure off the cord. They put in like a rubber disc. And so I have a triple fusion now. But as I'm doing all my you can own still stunt move pretty good. You're I know, shaking I just, around. I'm like, oh, every time you do this, I'm like, ah, ah. Dude, he, he, he you know, like when you just the... use the wood glue and you're like, God, I hope that thing works. <laughs> you know, Dude, it's, it's going to stick, like, right? My... That coaster is not going to work if these two halves don't go together. <laughs> so I don't know. I, 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 if you point to a part on my body, I've done something to it. Like I got no labrum here. I got half a pec, so I got a divot there. I tore this tricep. This wrist is fused. I can't bend it metal rods in my teeth, fractured skull, ruptured groin, tore my Achilles. I don't have MCLs in my knees. Like there's, it's just par for the course, right? Dude, it's, it's how are you still deal. going? I keep moving. I don't That's stop. It, just don't stop, huh? Don't stop. You um, look, you look 40. What the heck? 50 this year, but I, you what? know, I, I just keep moving. And I got a gym built in the house, so I have no excuse. Dude, have, right. It, it keeps, it keeps me accountable. And also, more than anything, it's I, I got to be here for my girls because we started having kids when I was 40. Yep. And I'm already going to be Gandalf taking them to, you know, high school graduation. But Oh, you're telling me, dude, I got a six-month-old. I got a six-month-old. Oh, 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 you are in it. Wow. Yeah, well, I have if a, you're Gandalf, I have a 17. Joe's going to be Nosferatu. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I have a <laughs> You're in I have 17. You know that old. Yeah, I know the. Uh, yeah, I know the old guy. You idiot. I have. Uh, I have 17, 13, and six months. So yeah, dude, twenty nine, thirty three, and forty six. Heck of a thing. Mm. Nice. So, yeah. So I I have a, a seven year old and a nine year old, and yeah. uh, they're they're my world, and and yeah. I just uh, I gotta be here for them. Yeah, yeah, you know, for I, sure. I, it's you know I I. I still have yet to meet my dad mm. and having really? not grown up with a father i realize how important a father is very important. you know what i mean but yeah. i didn't know it at the time i didn't know what we, it was me and my mom and, and it was me and her against the world and uh i never felt like i lacked for love you know mm. i mean we were poor but didn't act for lack for love so i realize now what a father supplies yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. and I see it in my girl's eyes and I see it in there when they need dad or when they need mom. And it's, it's so important. And it's just, it, I, I love being a father. It's like the best thing that I've ever been involved of involved with it, a part of it's just, yeah, it's um, awesome. It, it, it's, it is. It is and, man. And, it's, it's and really I know it's not thing. for everybody. Right. And, and I appreciate and I respect those people that know it's not for them. Absolutely. Because it is life changing. It does take over every facet of your world, every decision that yes. you make. And there's that point where there is no end to your giving. There is no end, even when you have nothing left to give. Like, Got even to. if you're just standing there, and I find times, you know, in the end of the day with all the pressure and everything that's going on, and, you know, my, my, my Libby, who's my 13 year old, she wants to tell me something, and, you know, she's, she's talking, and halfway through, I don't even know if my brain's still operating, like I'm asleep. <laughs> You know, because I'm so exhausted because I got so many th things, you know, just the, the things that just go on in life and, you know, work and pressures, you know, the things. And, yeah, and the but things. yet, but yet you're standing there going like, I, I, I'm not going to miss this moment. I'm not going to miss no. this moment. So I'm going to, I'm going to be in this moment. And, 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 and even if I don't, you know, I don't remember exactly what's going on. I'm going to remember the moment, you know, and, and, and it, it's, it's crazy. It's I heard, really I heard crazy. a really cool analogy. Uh, this guy uh, said, and uh, I don't have any kids. I'm really late to the game. 
I want kids. I've said this before. I feel like you don't really become a man until you're a father. I mean, yeah. I, I know a lot of business guys who won't even hire guys who, who don't have kids because they just they want that man mentality. You have to you have to be able to have other people's, you know, relying on you to be able to perform. Anyway, so Oh shoot! Here we go again. You forgot? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt. Oh, oh, that's great. just like, what they're gonna say. Let's put Matt, no. Let's put Matt like, back this is to really sleep. important. How the hell am I supposed it's to know okay, what you're gonna Matt, say? Just, uh, oh, take a little, take a little no. stroll, Matt. We'll be here doing a, a podcast. Really good point. Oh, I got it. Okay. Oh, Sorry, buddy. guys. Before go. it goes away, let me get it out. <laughs> sure. Oh, Whenever anybody comes in and says, would always say to this guy, "Oh, I'm just overwhelmed. My kids, my kids." He was like, "Yeah, take that moment when you don't have any more moments with your kids, like you're." in the end of your life or something. Right. You'd give anything yeah. to go back yeah. to the worst moment with them screaming and crying. Mm -hmm. You'd go back there to have that moment with your Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. point. Well, uh, and, and it's just like, so yesterday, uh, I was going out to the pool with the girls and, and Beth was like, oh, I got to clean the house. I got to do this. I got to do that. I was like, okay, but six years from now, they're not going to want to go to the pool with us. That's right. Amen, dude. So... And guess what? The house is still going to be here. It's still yeah. going to be fine. I'll help you fold the laundry later. We got it. And she was like, you're absolutely right. Okay. So anytime my girls want to do anything with me, I'm in. So, okay, cool. daddy-daughter dance, I'm in. And Beth records it and then puts it on Instagram, and I'm dancing like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Whatever. I don't <laughs> care because my girl is happy. Yeah. It's the, the, the shift that happens when you first hold your child you yeah. realize there's nothing about me anymore yeah because i lived my life all about me my career was all about me making it was all about me now i wanted to i bought my mom a house okay you know there's those things that come by thinking all about me to get this thing done but when i had my children it just it, it shifted everything to all about them Yep. And then anything that I accomplish that can help them, that's, mm. that's the key. There it is. It's also finding that balance too, of making sure that you maintain you, right? Yes. So I got to take the job because that's still me. That's still in there. And I'm going to be a better father if I still tap into that creative vein. Heck yeah. And long story long, when I got doing these fight scenes and after the second surgery, I felt great. I'm wiping out my mountain bike, going downhill at 20 miles an hour, and I'm getting up, and I'm good. So I finally reached out, and I said, listen, can I do this again? And they're like, on a very limited capacity, yes, you can, which brings me back to the girls, because then I had to sit down with Beth and really have a very frank discussion and say, listen, this window is here to go back and finish my career off the way I didn't get a chance to the first time. Mm. And in the meantime, salaries have tripled, by the way. So do we go back? Do I, you know, go all in and finish this out, something that I love so that we can just go, okay, that's out of my system. And now yeah. in the meantime, I'm still home 90% of the time to be dad. Right. While still yeah. maintaining this, the, the, the wrestling. And still getting the occasional acting gig here and there too. So yeah, it's awesome. Oh, dude. I got a finger point. Well, oh yeah, I got plans. I got plans. <laughs> One, I mean, I really do have a great idea for a Money Plane sequel if I can get uh, Richard Switzer to put his money where his mouth <laughs> is. And I love Richard, but you know, because because and, and and I promise you, next time around, I'm gonna do better because that was one of my first movies, man. 
So I'm going to, and, and I'm proud of what we did, but I'm going to do even better. And I'm not going to let anybody, uh, you know, not give us what we need. Cause what we, you know, cause that's, we Fair deserve enough. it. We deserve it. So, um, and you deserve it. So not only is there a, a money plane to sequel running around, but I got an idea for a movie that I want to make with you. Um, and we're close. We're very close. You know what I, you know what I like about this guy right here? He's kind of the perfect example of what I've always been saying was, you know, you can be that nice guy, but really it's almost a little bit dangerous to just be the nice guy. But if you're a, you're a warrior. But yet you go home and look at the way this man cares for his his babies yes, and his right. kids. Yes, yeah. That is nobility because Absolutely. he's got a warrior mentality yes. in him. He yes. is a warrior. But he yet warrior. he's able to go home Absolutely. and be nurturing Absolutely. and be a loving isn't father that, to these two children. Isn't that, that what is it means? to me like that's the the best example isn't, of a man. Isn't that yes. what it means to be a warrior? Right, yeah, exactly. Right. All around, all around. And dude, you I are you it. are a, a beacon and an example of that for real. Yes, you are. Heck yeah, man. Well, one thing that I've learned is that you can. You can be a nice guy. You don't have to be an asshole, but you do have to have your boundaries. And I don't let people knock those boundaries down. My boundaries are firm, yeah, yeah. and and I I'm, I let that be known. You, you know, go, you, 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 taught, yeah, man. you taught me a valuable lesson. Uh, even on the set of Money Plane, there was a moment where you had a you, it was a big day, and you had a speech and dialogue, and there was clamoring, and I was you know running around trying to be the nice guy, making it putting fires out, making everybody happy, and you told the whole set to shut up, and I was thinking to myself. One, uh, you're absolutely right. And the way you did it was perfect. And two, next time that happens, I'm going to be the guy that does that because it's my job to do that. So thank you for teaching me that valuable ne lesson. And next time we're on a set, I got you. I got, I'm going to be the warrior. <laughs> I, I, I had a blast. because So here is, here's my thing with, uh, again, long story. But uh, so my mom and I, right? Again, it was just her and I. And we would sit down and we would watch TV together. And we watched Cheers and we watched Frasier. Her favorite actor in the world was Kelsey Grammer. Oh, that's crazy. She, she loved Kelsey Grammer. And there was no one even close. So Isn't that wild? she had passed this? away a year before I, I heard about Money Plane. And yep. I went, well, hold on a second. Like, this has got to be my mom somewhere. Pulling oh, that's awesome. I, just got, um, I just got goosebumps, man. Because how random is that? That is, it is random. And being from on our side too, how random Kelsey became a part of the project. Yeah, yeah. it really just. It was, is a random situation. The man. whole thing. I mean, you yeah. know, they were like moving that movie around. It was yeah. like literally two weeks before we were going to shoot. I think it was supposed to be shot in Romania, and then they just flipped right. it and they found like a cardboard box in New Orleans and thought that could be a plane. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was wild. I mean, literally, talk about you know, building a plane in flight. That is how that movie was really made. Yeah. Your mom was pulling some, yes. uh, some strings magical up there. Strings, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Magical strings. You know, and, and it's it, like Beth continues to say, like the reason you can't, and I just got word that I was going back to, I was able to go back to wrestling. Hmm. Yeah. So all of this wow. stuff is, is, you know, kind of falling in my lap and I'm just like, whoa, I, it, like I'm getting to, to work with Kelsey Grammer. My mom would be unbelievable. So cool, dude. That's so she, cool. She would be so ecstatic about that. Wow. And, and then she'd be so ecstatic that I'm getting to go back and close my career out right, the way yeah. I didn't get to the first time. Yeah, you man. know, even to the, like, again, Beth will say like the pandemic hits, I tear my tricep. I'm out for seven months. So she goes, I think there's a reason, you know, mm -hmm. cause I was driving down on my pickup truck with six cherry cans in the back. Cause I didn't know if gas stations were going to be closed. Nothing. I'm driving down I-75. There's no cars on the highway on I-75. I was the only car in a nine hour drive.
No way, dude. We do the show and I turn around and drive back. And the next week I do the same thing and come back and back and back. And it finally, it was just this tour and it was almost a relief. But uh, so anyway, I I loved the experience of Money Plane. Me too. Because there was all, you know, we all met. I know. We got to work together. And and it was just fun. It was. Yeah, man. It was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really fun. Now you were you were fan you were fantastic then you're fantastic now and uh, and we got plans man. and we got oh, plans yeah. see this guy I got, I got big plans and we're very big plans. that's for real we don't throw that around but also dude we're just so thankful that you came on the show today and joined us I know I mean, this has been a real this has been a real I get, treat I get dude. verbal diarrhea I'm sorry I no just dude this is badass no, this is uh, my podcast are full I, yeah, I, I don't know if you know this this is a podcast that's, that's why we're here we're here we chit chat I got people ask are either you. listening to us or they're watching Watch this on YouTube they're watching they're getting a treat because they get to see literally. The cliffhanger log cabin behind uh, Adam, and um, and I if got, they're listening, then these stories are are heartfelt and meaningful and relatable, which is what's yeah, so cool. Now, man. listen to the last thing. Let me end on this. If do you remember like the first time you saw a wrestling ring, kind of standing in front of it and looking at it? Do you could do you do you th- can you pull that memory? So I can tell you the very very first experience I had seeing wrestling. It was Portland wrestling, and it was Rowdy Roddy Piper. And he was okay. wearing these like cream yellow and green tartan trunks. <laughs> and they they were they were not spandex, they were like this thick, heavyweight hmm. kind of nylon spandex. And he took a beer bottle and he smashed it over his head. <laughs> and he was Roddy Piper, right? So he's like, right. nah, nah, nah. he's doing his Roddy Piper thing, and the blood just starts pouring down his face, and I went, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Dude, I got to do this, but with barbed wire. Yes. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, now you like, have your own ring to train in, right? So, like, you've I, gone, yeah, yes. you've gone <laughs> from that to literally the top, top. And have your own freaking ring. What a you know. That is, I mean, what a is, what a mountain. Yeah, and this is this is that moment. I actually wanted to ask you. I I've been reading a lot lately that science is proving that visualizing is fifty percent of it. Literally. 50%. You can visualize playing that electric guitar and that's 50% of your learning. And so I just wanted to ask you, like, it, were you a visualize? Did you visualize yourself in the ring? All the time. There you go, it, man. It, it, there it, you it go. That's 50% stops. of it like, right there, I feel like. I, I will I will be doing things and I will almost function half a day and get a lot of stuff taken care of, but I'm thinking about a match. Heck or yeah. I'm thinking about a storyline. Yep, I'm go. thinking about a promo and I'm writing lines in my head. Heck yeah, man. Go. For for that promo that can relate to this opponent. And go. I'll go grocery shopping <laughs> and I'll I'll have the okay, this is the WrestleMania match and this is how it can go down and that would be the finish. And my entrance, wait a minute, I can get this mirrored skull and I can get wings and I could come out to flare south of heaven. That'd be really cool. And then I get home and I bought like kiwis and lilies, which I was not shopping for at all. <laughs> but I still but I still got the coffee. I still yeah. got the, you know, whatever yeah. else. Um, Never come home without lilies. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the message, folks. Always come home with a fresh set of lilies. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it, dude. Listen, listen, and man. If you don't want road rage while you're driving your pickup truck, never get stuck behind a Subaru. They always <laughs> What's drive with the slow. Subaru? Uh, the Subarus, always. they're very slow. They're very Get behind a Subaru Forester and you are there for days. <laughs> days, bro. Days. Turns out the only other call, a car that was on the road with you on the I-75 was a Subaru. Was a Subaru. Yeah. One guy. One <laughs> guy. That's why they call it a Forester because literally it's like a tree. It doesn't move. It doesn't move. Yo, Adam, thank you so much yeah, for joining dude. us today, brother. We Thanks love you, man. Guys. 
We got great things in store, as Andy said. Absolutely. I, we're we're going to talk, obviously, well beyond this. But uh, thank you for joining us in our Broly Love Pod family here, man. I know they're going to be thrilled to have you on as, as well as we were today. So thanks so much, brother. We, yeah. we appreciate thanks, it. Till next fun. time, dude. We'll talk soon, all right? Be in touch soon, Adam. Yes. Big plans, buddy. All right, buddy. Love you, man. Thanks thanks so much. Adam Copeland, Love everybody. Adam Copeland. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for show. listening. We will see you guys, what, I guess next week. Next, next week. week. We're going to do it next week Every on the Friday, Broly Love Pod. No matter what. See ya. God bless everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.